This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your playful sex expert, Dr. Kat. So I was just scrolling away on Instagram and getting sucked into the black vortex that is social media. And y'all can, I, I know everybody can resonate with that. I'm sure we've all gotten sucked in and ended up in like the weirdest corner of the social media interwebs and been like, how the fuck did I get here? But luckily today, I came across a gem of an account that's called my underscore boyfriend underscore has underscore herpes. And it's this really cute comics illustrated story about a couple dating which, with HSV or herpes simplex virus. And across the post, it follows this couple through their process of their first dates, around their conversations and disclosure, questions, and sex. It's all real. It's all accurate education for real-time situations and a super playful presentation. And she even uses these cute little emoji drawings to describe what they did in bed. I love it. Like eggplant and finger, you know, all the things. And you all know that language as well. I just fell in love with this because herpes doesn't have to be a big deal. And I can speak for myself having had HSV1 for years. Hashtag no shame here. And yet because what's been poorly taught in our sex education, we're left with a lot of fear a lot of worst case scenario photos, and feeling like we're broken. We're the only ones who are having this experience. I love to break it to you, babe. It's not going to ruin your life. And in fact, it can be seen as an opportunity for your own personal and sexual evolution. How? Well, that's what we're diving into today. This episode is for all my kittens out there who have maybe themselves been diagnosed with HSV, have a partner who is, or will be dating somebody who does. It's super common experience that in no shape, way, or form means that your sex life and freedom is over. I've got Adriel Dale of the Herpes Opportunity here to share with us how we can navigate life, love, and sex after I have diagnosis of herpes. But before we get to Adriel, ah, and I'm so excited to have money. <laughs> Ladies, if you've been wanting to finally meet your wild self and step into a world that is free of all the heaviness and the constriction of past messages to claim your power and your pleasure, I want to invite you to come rewild with me in the Mayan jungle. Yes, Undone is taking over Tulum for six days to unlock, undo, unleash your most primal and pleasurable self. These are embodiment practices, deep dives into understanding your erotic map, song vocal activation, and more. So check out undoneyoga.com slash retreats for more information. I want to thank you all for tuning in and for giving your reviews that help me gain points in the podcast stratosphere. You know, thank you so much. 
that for sharing this with your best friend, for letting me know about how this has really rocked your sex world. It's such my pleasure because my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. So if you haven't already, go to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show, and connect with me reading about how you can up-level your sex, love, and vitality. Now, to our awesome guest that I'm excited to have on, we <laughs> have the best interplay. <laughs> We turned on the, the, the video and we about exploded with excitement. Like both of our arms raised in the air like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Adriel Dale of the Herpes Opportunity. Hi. Hey. Hey, it's so good to be here. Yeah, finally. I feel like we've been back and forth emailing and postponing for a while. And I'm impressed with our ability to stay strong and trust in that. <laughs> yeah, pen pals uh, who become video buddies. Yeah. <laughs> finally. Yes. And this guy, let me tell you, his his personality is like mine, this fiery, <laughs> fiery Aries that about explodes with excitement on everything, which I think we need that type of cheer cheerleader in our corner. So thank you, Adriel. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is exciting. <laughs> Let's explode. Let's explode Let's <laughs> in the best possible pleasurable way. Yeah. <laughs> So Adriel Dale is the founder of the Herbie's Opportunity and specializes in helping people move through sexual shame into a full embrace of their lives. And then his own life and from working with hundreds of people, he has seen how shame can really cripple connection and intimacy and the exact strategies to help us not only move out, but really move beyond the stigma to be our most optimal selves. And your work, and this is a this is a website, herpesopportunity.com, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I started it about a decade ago. Wow. It is, you know, the first thing that I want to say when I was when I discovered you and all of the information that you have there, it's like would, there's so much information out there and there's so much contradicting information and there's so much like misinformation out there, but yours was like this. Uh oasis in the middle of the desert <laughs> mm, mm, i'm so glad to hear that yeah, yeah. i mean it, it 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 really sprung from my own confusion right i mean it yeah. was it's like that classic thing of the, the wounded healer where i suffered so much through not having this kind of information when i was first diagnosed mm -hmm. that that i needed to first find it for myself and then once i found it i was like i i need to share this <laughs> right <laughs> to help others so I'm, I'm glad it's getting out there. Yeah. And it's so accessible. The way that you write things out, you make it really relatable. And like we can see it and we're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Versus a lot, a lot of this medical jargon that's out there. Or my God, the number of pictures that you just, you just Google and, and they <laughs> send you the worst. Don't do it's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's horror shows out there. And um, yeah, your, your worst imaginings can't even compare to what you might find on Google images. So yeah, we try to be that oasis of, of optimism and an opportunity while still being grounded and, and real about it. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, due to all the misunderstandings around HSV and how this has constructed this social idea of what it is 
and how we're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be responding to it. Mm -hmm. Like, can you, can you help to enlighten our listeners? You know, what are some of these most major myths around it that, that would help them to, to, you know, (laughs) calm down their, their porcupine quills. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. The worst case scenario, black and white uh, imaginings, like end of the world imaginings. Yeah. I mean, the, obviously the biggest one that's out there is that you must be a slut if you have herpes. Um, and Wait, is that a bad thing to be a slut? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. But in, in the context of herpes, people are like, oh, you're slutty. And it has this negative connotation to it. Yeah. It's, it's like, as if sex itself is a bad thing. And that we could go down a whole nother rabbit hole of like just our cultural shame around sex in general. Mm, mm-hmm. And, and, and it's funny that, I mean, my biggest thing that I find myself doing is sometimes actually defending herpes, right? Like mm-hmm. herpes isn't this horrible thing that means that it's the end of the world for you. Herpes is just a representation of our own societal stigma around sex. So Mm. herpes became kind of the scarlet letter of us saying, oh, I enjoy sex. And if I enjoy sex, then I am going to, like God will smite me down and give me an STD, Mm -hmm. right? But that's actually not even, it's not even close to true. Like it's- We don't get smited? We don't get- We can smite ourselves. That, that's what happens so much of the time. Like when we really, when we really give in to all of those, those negative imaginings, right? So that's mm-hmm. one of the big ones. Is like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm a sexual deviant, and I'm horrible, and I deserve this STD. Yeah, right? that's that's the number one. And then number two that follows from that is I'm never going to find someone to really love me. Yeah. Right. I'm never, I'm never going to actually find someone to appreciate me and accept me, not just with herpes, but just that herpes is kind of the front line of they're not going to accept me with herpes and therefore they're not going to accept me as me. Hmm. Right? So it becomes this really like insurmountable feeling, this brick wall in between us and like true intimacy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a fucking story. It's a fucking story that we on, on a deep level choose to believe. Now, of course, our societal stigma doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But on some level, we're actually saying, you know what? That is true. I do deserve this. I don't deserve someone to love me. Right. And when we can see that as a story, then we can start to reframe it and really start to see it as, wait a minute, this isn't the brick wall. This could actually be the doorway into deeper intimacy. Ooh, wow. So you see HSV as being this like highlighter if they, and then like, Hey, there's something here, you know, whether right. it's about yourself or, or the, the image of um, sex in the culture at large. And it's like, look at it now. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, sometimes I will, I'll use the, also the metaphor of like an excavator, right? Mm. That, that maybe we weren't actually really aware on our, on a conscious level that we have sexual shame, Mm -hmm. but something like getting a, getting an STD, getting herpes, it's like, it excavates this shame that has always been there, Mm -hmm. 
but it hasn't been as conscious, right? So it comes up and we tend to blame it on this thing called herpes when in reality, it's just surfacing this shame that we get to look at and say, wow, is that actually, is that actually true? Are the storylines around what, what this shame is being, like what is creating this shame? Are those storylines actually true? Mm. And that's the beginning of really reframing this and turning it on its head. Mm, wow. Kind of a mental jujitsu. Right? <laughs> that's such a good point. Cause I had somebody the other day, she said that she was really, that she was sex positive. And then she had a partner tell her that, that he had herpes. And then she found herself like not knowing what to say, not knowing what to do, not knowing if she even wanted to have sex with him. And it, mm-hmm. and so it started a conversation with me of around like, okay, well, what is sex positivity and mm-hmm. how does that fit in there? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the, I think another one of the big myths is that, and this, this dovetails into what you just said is that now all of my relationships need to be shallow in a way. Mm -hmm. Like it needs to be like, I I can't go any deeper because if I go any deeper, then it's going to reveal this, this shameful stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would argue that like, Sex and intimacy, especially, is it involves all of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like whether it's a long-term relationship or a short-term relationship or whatever, whatever your your desire for a relationship is, it can encompass all of it, right? And actually being as authentic and real and opening up opportunities for deeper conversation, right? About about sex positivity and and being wide open around hey this is what i got this is what i like in the bedroom like this like all of those conversations it opens up the doorway into talking about these kinds of things and that is intimacy it's the the quote unquote good it's the quote unquote bad it's the awkward it's the exciting it's it's all of it and can we kind of wrap our arms around all of it and accept it and and delight in it like oh wow this is my humanity connecting with another person's humanity mm. and that's what sex and intimacy can truly be mm. Yeah. By finding these depths of parts of ourselves that, you know, these shadow parts that we may not accept and bringing them forth and talking about them, we can create that depth of connection, which expands our sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. I I I got chills. I got chills. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And it's it's getting warm in here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so the way that you describe it, and hence the name of your website, you know, you say herpes is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those, one of the ways that you describe as herpes being an opportunity of expanding your sexual repertoire and, and connection. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, if obviously Brene Brown is now a a household name, it's like her work around vulnerability. It's like vulnerability does equal connection. Right. And when, when we're able to, to actually open vulnerably to the moment and especially with another person that we trust Right? These are all the components of intimacy, right? Like first mm-hmm. we trust someone and then we can actually truly be vulnerable with them. 
um, emotionally and physically vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, the, the vulnerability that is available actually gives way to connection. It creates that connection. Um, and a lot of the times it feels like it can be the antithesis of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it like, can be seen that way. Yeah. Right? The fear of rejection or yeah. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, right? Especially when there's like almost like the deeper that the shame is like, and all of us have shame obviously. Yeah. Right. And it, it comes out in different ways. And my kind of my path and, you know, has been, has been related to herpes, but of course, all of us walk our path of like, what is our shame and how do we actually open to vulnerability in our lives? But the kind of the, the double-edged sword of it is, okay, the deeper that the shame is and the more afraid I am of actually revealing myself and possibly being rejected, that is, like how to word this, like the amount of shame that's there can also be like the amount of connection too. Mm. Right. But it also equal, it also uh, requires a deeper level of trust in order to hold all of that. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so when we can actually go to those deeper depths and trust the person that we're with, it can be a double-edged sword of I could be accepted or I could be rejected and it could turn into, uh, I, I need to protect myself. I, mm-hmm. whatever my, my reactivity style is and like making them wrong or whatever, right. It's and it, and it can equally be an opportunity for a deeper connection. So it's holding that space is really important, right. Mm. Holding the space together as like a container for two. Right when you're when we're talking about uh, sex between two people, mm-hmm. see between two people, like to think of it as a safe space to really express ourselves and and spelunk into those caves of <laughs> of vulnerability together. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I once was told this um, equation: growth equals risk taking plus awareness. Mm. And I yeah. love that. Yeah. So when we're aware of these things and we still step forward to, cause we can't create trust if we don't take risks, we can't yes. grow unless we take risks. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it first starts with trusting ourselves Oof. to be able to step into that space. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of course we have some tools at our disposal, our, our intuition, you know, can mm-hmm. I trust this person? Mm-hmm. Right. And by the way, to, to skip ahead a little bit, the, the number one question I get all the time is when do I disclose to a partner? And it's, and it's when you can trust that person with your vulnerability. Mm. Like when you can ask yourself, like, do I trust this person to hold my vulnerability in a true and deep way with reverence? Right. When, when I can answer yes to that, then they, (laughs) then I kind of, I open I can open to that. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So in that, in that trusting of the vulnerability, it's like, that's where we can truly play on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. It just, we keep going deeper and deeper and letting that, um, 
kind of letting that intuition of like, can I trust this person even deeper? Can mm -hmm. I trust this person even deeper? And then that reflecting back into now, can I trust myself to step into still what is ultimately an unknown, right? Yeah. Even if my intuition is saying, yes, I can trust them. We still don't truly know, but who we can truly trust when it comes down to it is ourselves. And can we hold ourselves even stepping into this deeper space? Yeah. And trusting that we'll be okay, whatever the outcome is and trusting that we have the inner resources that we've been resilient. You know, we have survived everything up until this point. So we've gained gifts and power, you know, abilities from each of those times that aren't exclude, you know, mutually exclusive. They, they carry with us, even if we do experience somebody who doesn't fit us or doesn't resonate with us mm -hmm. in that moment. Yes. Yes. And then that is the other piece of the opportunity, right? When we can, um, when we can choose growth mm -hmm. in, in every in every moment that we're aware that there is a choice, which there's a choice in every moment, but we're just not always aware of it, right? Mm -hmm, right. But when we can choose growth and say, then whether the moment feels like it's a good moment or a bad moment, mm -hmm. we still can grow. Yeah. Right? And when we can choose growth, that is, that is the opportunity mindset, right? To actually say, I choose to to learn from this experience. I choose to like, to, to be resilient, right? Um, it's, it's obviously still, the, the, the path still continues for me, even though I'm over this whole herpes thing. Of course, mm -hmm. all of us as human beings, even as we kind of overcome our past hurdles, it's like, there's, life always presents you with more opportunities. Mm, right. <laughs> right. Thank <And> you. <laughs> can I start so, getting these lessons on an easier path? Like, can they be right. more playful? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the beauty of it, right? That's where, where when, once we actually realize, oh, okay, this isn't just a one and done kind of thing. Once mm -hmm. I get over herpes, then my life is going to be good. Once I, <laughs> once I get past whatever this thing, whatever this next hurdle is, then my life is going to be good. Once I get married and I have the white picket fence, then everything's going to be good. Right. Once we can get past that and say, no, 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 hold on. That's all bullshit. Yeah. What's what, what the real <laughs> stuff is like when it really comes down to it is the mindset of regardless of what happens, there is opportunity here. Mm. And what is that? And when we can stay conscious enough to ask ourselves that question as much as possible, then mm -hmm. that then growth just erupts from each moment. Oh my God, that's beautiful. And then I can speak for myself. I also see it as an opportunity since, I mean, definitely not in the moment that my doctor told me my diagnosis, I was mm -hmm. not seeing it as an opportunity. Um, but over time, I got to see it as, oh, okay, um, this helps me to pick out partners who are uh, epic. You know, I'm, uh, <laughs> my, my, my sex life is now going to be a lot more mindful and I'm going to be yes. a lot more connected to it. And it's going to be a lot more sacred to me than mm. just hooking up and hitting up everybody yes. <laughs> around me who's willing and able. So, yes. right. um, and having those conversations, you know, would show me who was, who was a conscious enough themselves, who loved themselves and themselves, who, who was able to um, hold non-judgment and, you know, take power of their own sex lives. 
And mm-hmm. it's been really, really epic. And I actually, the more I talk about it, the more people reach out to me and say, hey, me too. And I'm scared, you know, and, and it's helped my you know, clinical practice even because I understand this whole mental construct that we bring ourselves through this hurricane, essentially, of mind fucking yes. <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is, um, I, I like to call it the, the, the fil- a filter. It's a relationship filter, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Where, where it, there are a lot of, um, a lot of posts on the forum, on the herpes opportunity forums where people come on there and they just say, God, well, I'm going to have to lower my standards now. And it's actually, and it's actually just the opposite. It's like, no, oh my God, raise your standards, right? Because if people are coming into your life that are, you know, well, first of all, there's the first layer of our worst, worst case scenarios of Mm -hmm. imagining if we disclose to someone, they're going to throw hot coffee in our faces, spit in our faces and run out screaming. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) There's, there's like the worst case scenario of that, which never happens, right? But that's what our mind wants to think. Well, what if this happens? Well, right. it's not going to happen. But the next layer of that is actually to recognize that even if someone like responds negatively or judges you or, or whatever, that the first line of defense is how you feel about yourself, mm. Right. Because even if someone decides to be venomous around it and is just and wants you to feel horrible about having herpes, if you're right with yourself and you're going into this conversation and 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 this disclosure with self-acceptance, as much as you can muster in the moment, it's never gonna be a hundred percent, but as much as you can muster to just be like, I'm okay, I accept myself. And mm-hmm. I see all the positive qualities in myself that disclosing is actually bringing up. This isn't about me being dirty and disgusting and all of these judgments that I might have about myself. This is about me being courageous and being heart-centered and being real and authentic. All mm-hmm. of the things that I want to attract into my life, by the way. Mm-hmm. So to bring it back to the whole relationship filter thing, if someone were to come at you judging you or whatever and makes you feel like shit on some level you can actually say wow thank you herpes (laughs) thank you for saving me from this from this like venomous person from this judgmental Mm -hmm. person yeah but so much of the time we can go into a conversation like a disclosure conversation already feeling shitty about ourselves Mm -hmm. And if something negative happens, then we use that as proof and leverage for our own self-judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This like confirmation bias. Yes, See, yes. told you I suck. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm exactly. not wanted. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And when you raise your standards, just like you said, it's like you, it's, it's, I almost, I think in, in kind of visuals because I'm, I'm a graphic designer by trade. So I like what just came to me is like, you're kind of in this, this level of like seeing all of the possible dates or like people that you can be with. And then it's like, you're climbing a mountain and that mountain opens up to this vast green lush plateau. And even though there might be fewer people there, they're all epic, like you said. 
And this isn't to put like a hierarchy on it of like, once you become a better human being or whatever, it's not that. It's just like, you see who you're, like who you're ready for. Yeah. It sees like you see, it's like you see with different eyes mm-hmm. and you see the people who are ready for you and the people that you're ready for. Right. And then ironically, even though there might be less people like less fish in that sea, it's more clear and there's less bullshit and there's less drama. Oh God. That sounds so good. <laughs> so it's ironic because people say, well, now I have so much less opportunity because uh, you know, well, first of all, there's a lot of beliefs that I need to only date other people with herpes, which is mm-hmm. bullshit. And we could get into that. Yeah. Um, there's a whole nother thing on that. But then just the other thing of like, just believing that, that because I have herpes, it is going to decimate my love life. Mm-hmm. It's only because we're looking at it from that lens of, of, of not actually like following our, our intuition as much as we, as we could, as much as what's available to us mm-hmm. to, to choose that quality person who's going to see us for us as opposed to some STD. Yeah. Yeah. Like the concept of, Oh, I'm going to lose. I have this uh, and I've heard this over and over in my, in my office, you know, people saying, well, now I can't be as sexually free and mm-hmm. uninhibited. And yeah. I'm like, or this actually makes you more free because you're a lot more mindful. Like the other one is just mindlessly fucking yes, <laughs> right. this one. You're actively participating in the. Yes. I always say, I, I, I say kind of tongue in cheek, but it's so true. It's like, if you are going to have sex with someone, I mean, really, even if it's a one night stand, it's like, wouldn't you want to still be connected with them and just yeah. like have fun and just, Oh my God, just like, just mm-hmm. totally enjoy yourself. Right. And just and go balls to the wall as opposed to like, just not even knowing them as a human being and just fucking, you might as well stay home and just masturbate. Right. <laughs> like if you're just going to have sex with an inanimate object, which is basically what a person is, if you don't actually know them on any sort of deeper level. Yeah. Right. Like this is truth here. Like just, yeah, just, masturbate and you can probably even have a more connected experience masturbating than you would having sex disconnected. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. And it's such a common experience. The diagnosis of um, HSV and one and two is, is really common that right. I don't think people know about cause they don't talk about it. And, and here's the thing too, is that, so 16.2% to be precise, of, <laughs> Americans, <laughs> of Americans between the ages of 14 and 49 um, have genital herpes. Oh. And of that 16.2%, 80% of those people don't know that they have it. Yeah. Oof. Right. Oh so, so this is, and, and I don't want to go into a whole other thing around it, but it's like the, yeah. like the, the, the STD panel doesn't even include herpes by default. If you go in to most to, to get tested for all STDs, like test me for all STDs, doc, they will test you for pretty much everything except for herpes. So you have to say, because it's just, it's the whole CDC, uh, 
the CDC is kind of a, a little bit backwards in their thinking of, well, we don't want people to freak out about getting a blood, blood test if they don't have any outbreaks, then they have nothing to worry about. Oh, God. But the whole thing of, you know, viral shedding, asymptomatic viral shedding, like you can still pass herpes if you don't have outbreaks, right? Yeah. So because yeah. of all of this, like on high decision making from the CDC, basically it's like herpes doesn't count in the overall STD test. So because of that, it's just, it's so common for so many people to kind of live in the, in the unknown, like not mm. even knowing that they have herpes and denial doesn't really help with that either. Like, of course, for most people, they would rather not even, you know, not even face it. Right. Mm -hmm. So kind of the, the nature of the system kind of feeds into the denial too. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'm perpetuating this nasty cycle of just yeah. nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say unless they go to your website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or that Instagram account I found, or <laughs> my yeah. work. Yeah, that sounds like a great account. I'm gonna have to check that oh out. My God, it's so good. I'll send it to you. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, and then just even the misunderstanding of how this is passed, or you know, that is such a. I think that's crucial to have that conversation with the other person and just help them edu you know, help educate them so that they can understand, and then also encourage them to do their own research as well. Although again, please don't Google images. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much misinformation out there, but yeah, I mean, that goes to the whole, uh, to not make too, too fine a point on it. Us being herpes crusaders, right. Or like, you know, like, <laughs> like being like true representatives, not of herpes. Like, it's so funny because a lot of people would say, well, God, herpes opportunity, you must like put herpes on a pedestal or something. And it's like, no, it's not about herpes. It's about who we become in the face of something that's difficult, in the face of something that is shameful, right? Mm. Like, who do we become in the face of that, right? So in that, like being herpes crusaders, we can either kind of shy away from it and, and, and hide. And I'm not saying everyone needs to stand on the rooftops and like do what I did and say, Hey, everyone, I have herpes, but at least on those one-on-one -on -one conversations with your friends, with your family, with, especially with your, you know, potential sexual partners, of course, but anywhere where there's an opportunity to just speak from a place of shamelessness, from a place of self-acceptance that goes so much further than any sort of like, you know, advertising campaign and putting it up on billboards. I mean, all of that is, is all fine and good, but I, I also believe that like it's in those one and one, one-on-one -on -one interactions where it's shown experientially that this isn't the big deal that it's made out to be. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like if we don't give it the power behind the words that we say, mm -hmm. then people are looking to us to see how they're supposed to respond to us. Yeah. And if we present exactly. as, oh, it's not a big deal, then they look to us and, and that models or that mirrors for them. Oh, okay. I guess it's not that big of a deal. Right. And here's the irony, because I can almost hear people responding, but isn't it a big deal? <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is the, like, again, one of those double-edged swords, right? Mm -hmm. I, I always say, like, 
Yes, it's a big deal. And it's totally not a big deal, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's like the reason, like because of our sexual stigma in our society, it has become this perceived big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's why disclosing is really important because uh, of course we want to kind of bring it out in the open and air out the dirty laundry. And it's the laundry that we didn't get dirty, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we're airing out other people's like, you know, past generations of dirty laundry and sexual stigma, right? Um, and it's through that that we're actually... Um, kind of ch- changing the tides of stigma um, and bringing more and more awareness to it from a place of self-acceptance. Mm. Oh, I love that. And what is, so say we're somebody who's on the receiving the information side. So we're the partner of somebody who had a diagnosis. Like how can we support our partner? Oh, I mean, this is, Big question. It's so so (laughs) crucial. Yeah. I mean, of course. And here's the interesting thing is that anyone listening to your podcast is probably already just an amazing receiver in this way, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're kind of of preaching to the (laughs) choir here. Um, So any of these things that, that, that I'll say, people are probably already practicing it, but it's like to be that safe container, Mm -hmm. right? To, to really, um, oh gosh, I, I'll share a personal story to yay story time with Adriel. Yeah, everyone gather around, children. <laughs> Look, um, this has nothing to do with herpes, but it, mm-hmm. it 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 dovetails into what you're what we're talking about here, like holding a safe space. Um, so years ago, I had gotten the news that my mom had breast cancer. And it obviously gutted me. Mm. And um, she's, she's doing amazingly well now, by the way. Um, Yay. But when, obviously, when I received the news, it was just like, holy shit. Like, what do I do with this? Right? And um, there was just so many emotions in me. And the first person I went to was my wife. And I just told her flat out, I was like, mom has cancer. And she just looked at me with just the most tender eyes. The lack of, lack of like pity or, oh, I'm so sorry or anything. It was like, that wasn't there. It was, mm-hmm. it was just presence. And it was just heart open and just like, just with her eyes, like I'm here. Mm. Right. And in that space, I just, just cracked. I just started weeping, just hold like her holding me, me holding her. And I just wept on her shoulder. Mm. Now, obviously that's like, an extreme example, but like, that's what I mean by holding space without like, I think, especially in our culture of like, like very like masculine drive, go, go, go. You got to do something. Like if some friend brings you news that is hard to be with, well, 
you know, there's almost this, this urge in us that comes from a good place where we're just like, oh, it's going to be okay. No, 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 no. Don't cry. It's mm-hmm. fine. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like this urge to fix as opposed to like an kind of a relaxing into being like being with the hard stuff. Right. So in a similar way, like you might be a partner who, you know, your potential partner brings something shameful to you. And it might be something like I have herpes and depending on where they are in their healing journey, they might be bringing a lot of baggage with it and a lot of Mm -hmm. shame. Mm -hmm. And you can be that safe space that I was talking about earlier of like, when you know that it's the right time to disclose, can you trust this person with your vulnerability? Mm-hmm. You give that safe space to have this person trust you with these, the deep depths of who you are. Mm. Right. And you can hold that and you don't have to say a lot. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And ironically, it's like, it's sometimes depending on our personality it can be the hardest thing to do, especially when it's awkward or difficult or they're clearly in pain and you want to help them. Mm-hmm. It's like breathe. Just look them in the eyes and breathe. And just, if you need to say anything, just I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah. Tell me more. Being fully present, putting your own lens aside and just being there with them. Wow. It's, it's almost like, and this is the huge reframe where that we can use on ourselves and on end when we're with others, it's just about relationship, whether we're relating to ourselves or others, whenever the hard stuff comes up, whenever, especially something comes up that we're, we would judge ourselves around mm-hmm. or something like we fuck up and it's like, and there's that voice, our inner critic wants to be like, you fucked up again, you fucking loser, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead of that coming up, you get to actually practice the muscle of relaxing and being kind of in awe at your own humanity, (laughs) for lack of a better term, right? To just be like, oh my gosh, I'm noticing all of these Oh, oh, the shame, it's creating this tension in my gut. Oh, and I just want to lash out. Oh my gosh, I'm noticing the tendency that I want to judge myself. This is fucking amazing. Mm. You're kind of, you're in that witness mode of just like being in awe of like, this is the way a human being interacts with the world especially when it's kind of hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, my fight or flight mechanism is 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 coming online right now. Wow, <laughs> it's trying to protect me. This mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm. You are a cheerleader. I love the <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you reframe everything to because it doesn't have to be so you know heavy and like life situations don't have to be so you know it can be light and exciting opportunity and and growth and of evolution here if we choose mm. it. Yes, yes, and the, the phrase that came just came to me that I love is shared humanity. Oof. Oof, oof. 
Isn't that the antidote of what we're experiencing where we go from feeling so separate? This is my unique experience. There's, I'm the only one to the collective. This is a collective experience. Many people do. Yeah. We all share this. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it can, and it can go in, in either, either direction, I guess you you could say, like we could start by looking at ourselves and practicing that kind of relationship with ourselves, Mm. but it may be easier to start with someone else. Right. And either way to actually practice being in awe of humanity, right. And where I might judge others to practice compassion and trust me. I mean, (laughs) I'm (laughs) like, I, I, it's funny when I'm coaching people, I, I, plenty of times I feel like being like, okay. And by the way, I am working on this a hundred percent too. Like I'm not speaking yeah. from on the high, like I'm on this mountaintop and I got this all figured out and like, you know, I'm Toby Zen, <laughs> right. It's, but, but like to, to actually practice that, that being with our judgments and, and, oh, what's the phrase? Like, like turning the turning lead into precious metal. What's that term? Alchemy. Yes. Alchemy. Thank you. So yeah, like emotional alchemy is -hmm. available to us in those opportunities where especially it's difficult and we're flexing that muscle. It's like, we're going to the gym and making our muscle of awareness and acting from our heart we're making that stronger so that whenever we actually see these things that would trigger us, we can say, Oh, I'm going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and we can, we can do that emotional alchemy, that, that energetic jujitsu from mm-hmm. changing a judgment into a, into compassion, whether yeah. it's with ourselves or others, it's the same thing. It's just in a different direction. Yeah. 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 One thing that I've gotten into the habit of doing, you know, having these conversations is acknowledging to the person, you know, um, I'm witnessing myself having judgment right now. Mm -hmm. And even just doing that has transformed my, my relationships with people because not only gives them permission to, to also, you know, see and have a relationship with their judgments, but also to see how I relate with mine, you know, and, um, Mm. that it's there. And, and by talking about it, we can dispel the energy from it, but yeah. not if we don't interact with it. Right. The, whatever we push away, like we try to push away further and further, it becomes stronger and stronger. Yeah. Sure. Oh. yeah. oh, this is amazing. I wonder as we're wrapping up, is there, is there one more thing that you would want to give our listeners out there? Oh man, it's already the end. <laughs> I know we just like raced through this. (laughs) That is crazy. Um, I mean, we can go on and on. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Like, it feels like we're just getting started. It's amazing. Mm. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess the most resonant thing and piggybacking off of what we were just talking about and what I love to kind of end, you know, any coaching session with is, is like, what is that? that thing that you can start practicing right now. Right. And, and that thing is, is developing a relationship, a new relationship to yourself and not shaming yourself 
when you catch yourself judging or shaming, right? You, mm-hmm. it, you break that cycle of self-abuse every time you can notice first and then make a different decision. And the more we can do that, the more we're actually carving out new neural pathways in how we're interacting with our world. Right. So anytime you notice yourself having judgment or shaming, this is a, this is something that we do on the herpes opportunity weekends where we actually, we actually celebrate noticing that I just am judging myself or noticing that I had a negative thought, mm-hmm. right. That it actually like we, we get to celebrate our awareness as opposed to shaming that we just had a negative thought. <laughs> or a judgment or whatever. Yeah. Right. So to, to, to change it. So the practice is anytime you notice yourself having a judgment about someone else or yourself to actually say, yay, mm-hmm. I just noticed that I had a judgment mm-hmm. because from there, then we have a whole lot of power in choice and making a new choice. There's so much there with what you're just saying. And I can see, and I want everybody to really visualize and embody that, that experience because there's this visceral reaction that happens, you know, with the shaming of it and the, you know, putting it down or labeling it as negative as the body contracts Mm. and imagine how that influences other people interacting with us when we're in that state versus when we say, yes, and we celebrate the witnessing, I'm witnessing this, I'm seeing it, I'm interacting with that we open, we expand and how that influences our interaction with other people. So yeah. a, a lot of, how often do we project onto the other person and say, you know, like, oh, they weren't emotionally available to me, but how much of it are we creating and mm. not owning that part of the creation? Yes. Yeah. Then, then we make that, that thing that used to be unconscious, we make it more conscious and then it has less control over how we experience our lives. There's that quote, I'm forgetting exactly what it is, but it's something like until we make the unconscious conscious, then we call it fate and it controls our lives. (gasps) I love that one. I forget who it was too, but you can Google it and find out if we can attribute it. I know yeah, I want to say Carl Jung, but I could totally be wrong. It sounds, <laughs> and I'm owning, it sounds right. Yeah. I'm owning that I can be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, thank you so much. And and where can people find more about you? Yeah, so herpesopportunity.com is uh, is going to be the the main the main spot. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I also set up a, a, a specific page that is for the, the sex love yoga listeners. So if you want to go to herpesopportunity.com forward slash sex love yoga, all one word, um, then uh, I'll be posting in there, you know, some of the stuff that we had, we had talked about if you want to read more about it. And there's also a link to the, the free ebook and the handouts um, that we talked about at the beginning that summarize all of the herpes stats and like a really easy to digest um, mm-hmm. way. And then the ebook is kind of a, just a really short, quick read to start to really reframe your perspective from herpes as a deal breaker into herpes as an opportunity mm-hmm. through the, dis- the lens of the, the disclosure talk. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if you want to go to that page and, and kind of go down the rabbit hole of positivity and, and optimism. And, and it seriously is a rabbit hole because I've been on the website multiple times and I send people there and you have videos, you have articles, you have forums, you have one-on-one coaching, you have programs. It's like you yeah. really support people. Like you are there. You are the safe container for people to go to, to explore, to really understand themselves and liberate themselves. So thank, thank you for doing the work and sharing it with everyone. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Oh, and before I forget, on that page too, if you go to herpesopportunity.com forward slash sex love yoga, um, you'll get 25% off the the home study course that I mm-hmm. created. Um, and also the the interview series. I interviewed other coaches and other people with herpes and it's a monthly interview series. So you can get 25% off of of either one of those. And the home study course really breaks down kind of like going through step-by-step, like reframing your thoughts, your relationship to yourself, Mm -hmm. moving into dating and relationship and then into the herpes talk and then even having sex and, and deeper relationship. So it runs that whole gamut and you can, you know, it's a self-paced home study course that you can um, do it at, at your own pace in the privacy of your own home computer. Um, so check that out if you're interested in going deeper into the work. Ah, I love it. Mm. Yeah. This is so great. And what I love about the interview with you, it was more than just the st- statistics. It was really teaching people the how the how to evolve their life given this new experience. So thank you for adding such, so much richness in our experiences. Oh, thank you. I, and thank you for the work that you do. I mean, it, 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 right when you first reached out to me and I, I checked out your stuff, it was like, oh, my sister. Yes. <laughs> like, like kindred spirits. I just, I really, I, I love everything you're doing. And that, that yoga retreat you talked about at the beginning sounds pretty awesome. I wish that I could go. <laughs> <laughs> In the future, Adriel, I'll send know, you a link. Right? Yeah, yeah. When sounds I do my epic. next, um, my next couples or or singles people uh, <laughs> or nice. all the people, all the humans. Nice. Yes, yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, and lovers, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show, and connect with me to grab our sexy guides. I even created a guide to help you have conversations around sex, sex in general, sex in the bedroom, outside the bedroom, about difficult conversations, because my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better so that you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. Mm. I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life. <laughs>